Welcome back to the Full Circle podcast series on diversity and inclusion. I'm Dr. Derek Sweet, and I've been your host for this podcast series as we supplement the work that we've been doing in the workshops and the trainings Full Circle has been delivering on diversity and inclusion. Today, we will follow up the messaging that we've been talking about regarding the importance of having a strategy and best practices for implementing diversity and inclusion as a part of organizational culture. We started off our series by talking about the link between diversity, inclusion, and the bottom line of companies. We spoke about the idea that the global trend shows that there is increased profitability for companies in the top quartile of implementing diverse and inclusive practices. We also showed that companies that did not include diversity and inclusion or who lagged behind also suffered losses in the bottom line and losses in their finances. So let's take a closer look at some best practices for diversity and inclusion. And and I'll tell you, the best way to look at it is on two planes. One, have a systematic approach. And two, have a bold, aggressive, and assertive consciousness about strengthening inclusion. So a systematic approach to DNI is important, but really brightening up the inclusion aspect of diversity and inclusion is important. Why? Because according to the research shown by the McKinsey Group and others, Diversity is slowly making its way around the world and slowly making progress. And yes, there's now this consciousness about, okay, if we have diversity, we have a better bottom line and we have a greater market reach and all of that, yes. But where many companies struggle is in the inclusion piece. So why not join me for a moment and let's think through how we can truly synthesize diversity and inclusion. And I'd like to share with you five best practices according to the research. And here they are. Practice one, ensure the representation of diverse talent is an essential driver of your inclusion process. Focus on advancing diverse talent into the executive, management, technical, and board function roles in your organization. This robust effort should be designed to actively and seriously cultivate multivariate diversity portfolios within your company. And for that, you may need a team, you may need help. But it starts with this consciousness of one, ensuring that across the spectrum of your company that there is representation of diverse talent. The second piece would be to strengthen leadership accountability and strengthen capabilities 
leadership capabilities for diversity and inclusion. So putting your core business leaders into the spotlight for IND efforts and IND initiatives makes the best sense. This is beyond the HR function or the employee resource group leader function. This should be a company-wide leadership-driven, on-purpose, intentional perspective that says, hey, we want to be having discussions about how we're strengthening leadership accountability and how are we capacitating our leaders. So it's more than just strengthening the inclusive leadership capabilities for the managers, but also holding every leader accountable for demonstrating and speaking about what progress she or he is making with regard to your vision and your strategies for IND. And that should be a weekly, if not daily, conversation. So just to review, the first thing was to, one, ensure the representation of diverse talent. Two, strengthen leadership accountability, strengthen capabilities for IND. Now let's look at a third strategy here. And that is about capacitating or enabling equality, enabling equality of opportunity through fairness and transparency. These are big words fairness and transparency, and equality of opportunity. To advance towards a true meritocracy, it is important that companies and your organization, whoever you are, ensure that there's a level playing field in advancement and opportunity. And that bears repeating. It is critical that you ensure a level playing field in advancement and opportunity. And this should not be something that's done whimsically. Companies who are serious about this deploy analytics and analytics tools to show that promotions, pay processes, and the criteria behind them are transparent and fair. So it's really important to begin debiasing these processes and really striving to meet diversity targets uh, as part of a long-term workforce plan. Again, sometimes it's best to have a team or a consultant come in to help with this process to remove unconscious bias or blinders that may be on within the company. So let's repeat. I have said, one, ensure the representation of diverse talent to make, and make this an essential driver. Representation needs to be an essential driver of your inclusion process and that you spend a moment thinking about how are you driving inclusion inclusion, as a part of your IND strategy. The second piece was to strengthen leadership accountability and capability and by that emphatically holding all leaders accountable, accountable for the progress they are specifically making on IND and taking it out of just being an HR function or an employee resource, group leader function. The third point that we made so far is that we have to enable equality of opportunity through fairness and transparency, and that we deploy analytics tools to show that promotions and pay processes uh, and the criteria for, for these processes are transparent and fair. 
Okay, and now the fourth uh, point I'd like to make is the importance of advocating and promoting openness and tackling microaggressions. You have been a part of our implicit bias training and by now you know the difference between a microaggression and a micro micro insult and a micro invalidation. I won't go into those. You've taken the workshop, you know that. So when I say promote openness and tackle microaggressions, I'm including here micro invalidations and micro insults. So how do you promote openness and how do you tackle these microaggressions? So we talked about in the workshops that we've done in the trainings, the zero tolerance policy for discriminatory behavior. By that, I mean things such as bullying and harassment. We've spoken about in our workshops how we have to actively help our managers and our staff identify and address microaggressions. We spoke also about establishing norms for open, welcoming behavior and asking leaders and employees to assess each other in 360 fashion on how we are living up to this standard, this standard of being open, welcoming and embracing across the company as part of a cultural shift towards being more diverse and more inclusive not so easy it takes time and it does take consultation and it does take effort and finally number five the fifth strategy that i'd like to talk about today is how do we encourage belonging by providing what's known as unequivocal support unequivocal and unrelenting support for multivariate diversity. This involves building a culture where every employee feels that he or she can bring their whole selves to work. It, as we spoke about in the workshops and that you've seen in the trainings, we, uh, we have implored you to really make sure that managers are communicating and being visibly embracing about up of the commitment to multivariate forms of diversity by building a connection with as many of, of many people as possible and supporting employee resource groups to foster a sense of community and belonging, right? So it's important that we have a sense that the community feels that it can be whole, it can belong, and that belonging, as we talked about in our workshops, that we practice explicitly practice and assess belonging by doing and conducting internal surveys to see that we are accountable for making sure that people feel as if they belong. So the whole point of these five points that I mentioned here that um, uh, should be part of any company's IND strategy. Companies need to have one, a systematic business-led approach to inclusion and diversity. And then once the systematic business-led approach is identified, there's got to be someone or some team that want, that's holding everybody accountable for bold action on inclusion because inclusion is where we drop the ball. Okay, so 
And the five things I mentioned, the first two, the, the, the first two that I talked about, increasing diverse representation, uh, specifically in the leadership and critical roles, and also strengthening leadership and, leadership and accountability for delivering on IND goals. These two are part of the systematic business-led approach. You've got to first increase representation especially in your executive and leadership roles, especially in critical roles and board roles. And then you also have to, as part of a systemic business-led approach, strengthen leadership and accountability by delivering on the IND goals and making sure everybody's accountable. So those first two steps are, are part of the systematic approach. Now, when I mentioned the bold steps for strengthening inclusion, when I talk about the need to strengthen inclusion because we always drop, we, 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 we tend to sort of brighten up on diversity, but we forget inclusion. The last three steps that I talked about are about inclusion. And you remember from the workshops that these steps are, and I'll just repeat them as I close with you, that we have to enable equality of opportunity through fairness and transparency. When we don't have transparency and we don't have fairness, it's impossible to have uh, equality of opportunity. And that's an inclusion step. The other important inclusion step is to promote openness and tackle bias and discrimination. So these have to be brightly shown on, on, on all of the organizations so that we can truly see where are we as an organization tackling bias and discrimination. How are we as an organization promoting openness? And in our workshops, we tackled much of this. And then the last point I'd like to make in terms of an inclusion strategy would be the concept of belonging, right? And, uh, and making belonging a, a component of a multivariate diversity approach. So fostering belonging through support for multivariate diversity. And if you can get these three together, enabling equality, promoting openness and tackling discrimination and fostering belonging together, you will be well on your way to including and, and really making sure that inclusion matters uh, for many folks who work with you. This is Dr. Sweet. I know I threw a lot at you today, but I'm hoping that this synopsis will underscore some of the principles some of the concepts that you got out of the trainings that we've been doing and that you can come back to this podcast and listen to it to just refresh your mind on some of the principles that are important to diversity and inclusion at your company. Thank you again and look forward to talking to you in our next podcast.